You've got the three of us for corner outfield, top 15 corner outfielders in the game on the Just Baseball show on Friday, March 3rd. Jack, Peter, Aram, uh, I had an absolute wet ball today at the Ursay Family YMCA. I was getting shots up. Mid-range demon today. It was insane. How Aram, are you, you guys? Aram, you should have listened to this call, so I'm calling Jack, right? And, you know, just talking about business stuff. And he answers the phone. Like it's like off in the distance, kind of. He's like, I can't miss a shot right now. I can't I miss can't a shot. Miss. He's just that's how he answered the phone. And I'm like, what's going on right now? He's like, I'm at the YMCA. I'm coming off a little bit of a cold, and I can't really run around, and it's making me not tired, and I can't miss a shot. Yeah, it was wild, dude. It's crazy what fatigue does to your jumper, man. You an electric, down. an electric way to start a phone call. Yeah, that that is. What what's the player comp? Uh, DeRozan with a lot less athleticism. <laughs> Jesus. So, okay. like, maybe a, a 5'11 Jokic. <laughs> <laughs> a Duncan Robinson. That's a 5'11 Jokic just sucks. Like uh, correct. Yeah, I'm I'm aware. <laughs> I love how, like, we make a couple of shots at a YMCA off a cold and we immediately are comparing ourselves to NBA players. And when I yeah. say ourselves, I mean you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, we all have spring training over reactions before we did the corner outfield. But first, Peter has something that what we forgot to cover, right? Yeah, the fake news media, which is now us because we We're didn't us. cover it. And I'm I'm putting the entire blame on Jack, even though he doesn't deserve it. Uh, you know, Jack, when we were going over the MLB rules changes, I asked, we were talking about bigger bases and we kind of slid, slid past it. I have a question before we get into it. Yeah, yeah. No pun intended there, right? Yes, yes no pun intended. Does every inch matter in Major League Baseball? Um, Size does matter absolutely arm does size matter yes okay what we didn't cover is that at first base because of the bigger bases it's actually three inches closer for the runner so it's not 90 feet to the first base anymore no it's like 90 feet to the back of the base so it's actually closer now it offsets because the base is bigger so the first baseman has three inches of its own so that kind of offsets it. But we didn't cover that, which is important. But maybe more importantly, the bigger base is at second base is four and a half inches closer for the runner stealing second. I asked, will it make sense? Will it influence more stolen bases? I think that four and a half inches could make sense. If every inch matters, it matters four times as much. That's the I just I just I filtered so many jokes that I shouldn't have made just 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 through about like yeah, what we were talking is. about size and inches yeah no, and all I'm that. stopping yeah. all of it I'm stopping all of it um it can't hurt but like that matters I, I also think I think that the big difference too is like you can slide to the back of the bag now and you have a little bit more room but if you go oven mitt I want to create like an equation here on a whiteboard oven mitt plus 
added base size, like you can probably slide in there like a half foot early now. Like you, you probably got about this much more to deal with now. If you've got the oven mitt, I'm waiting on the guy that has the oven mitt. That's like this long. What Wait, are, are sorry, there rules? Arm, how much, how much this much? Tell me when to stop. <laughs> Tell me when to stop. As right I about there, right about there, right about there, right about there. Is there like restrictions on oven mitts? Because I think that could make a bigger difference too. Like what if you had like a, a, a foot long oven mitt? <laughs> like just, just running with this thing like this long off your off your arm. <laughs> just running like that. Like imagine Corbin Carroll with that shit. Yeah. You could steal a hundred bases. Well, that would be half his torso. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I wanted to ask, Ricky Henderson has the all-time oh. stolen base record with 1406. Yeah. He would triple Is that, in jeopardy? that number with the bigger bases. Is that in jeopardy? Four and a half inches closer. But again, is that going to be one of those, one of these rules at the end? I actually heard Michael Kay show break this down. It's hilarious. Don LaGreca was talking about. Is it kind of a Fugazi award now for a guy to break Ricky Henderson's stolen base record? It's kind of like when Babe Ruth played 154 games, hit 713 home runs, and then Hank Aaron hit 755. It, with 162 game schedule now with bigger bases are we going to look back as old heads in 40 years and and make those comparisons and point to the bigger bases being the reason a guy broke Ricky Henderson's stolen base record I'm asking the questions yeah that everyone's afraid to ask yeah okay. to me Short I answer. First answer. Oh. no one no one's sniffing that record that's my number one no yeah. one's sniffing that you can make the bases two feet wide I still don't think anyone sniffs that the second one is I think that it's kind of a wash because even Ricky Henderson was not playing against catchers of, of this caliber. Yes. So I'll call it a wash. Um, and, and, you know, Babe Ruth, don't get me started that he actually played against mailmen. So I, I'm, I'm going to call that a wash, but I do think it makes for some more stolen bases only because I, even if it doesn't make that much of a difference, I think there's more optimism here where it's like, Oh, there's a little bit more incentive. I think I'll be a little bit more, you know, successful and if that's the case then we might see guys try more because it's not like that we've seen the success rate dwindle we've just seen the attempts dwindle so maybe this will encourage guys to go more which will result in more stolen bases but arm hypothetical for you the just baseball show episode eight million five hundred eight yes. jack is on his 60th birthday bro i am mm-hmm. long gone by eight million bobby witt the third just broke <laughs> ricky henderson's stolen base record you're telling me that 60-year-old Jack on his birthday is not going to reference the bigger bases and call the whole thing a fugazi? Come on. I I could see I I don't have a good I don't have a good pulse on how Jack's going to age. I, I don't think it's Terribly. well. Yeah, yeah, I know it's not well, but I don't I don't know like whether it's going to be more of like the asshole aging or it's just like, oh, like let's put him in a home kind of how thing. How can I get meaner than I already am? That's my big question. Um Short answer, no, never going to go back to the bigger bases thing. Long answer, Fugazi is the most Don LaGreca word ever. <laughs> I love Don LaGreca. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, did you see Michael K went on first take and and Stephen A asked him who the first New York team to win a championship is going to be? And Michael K said the Rangers. And Stephen A said, oh, no, they don't count. <laughs> don't talk <laughs> about hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Michael K on first take sounds like the seventh layer of hell for me. (laughs) I think I love Michael K. I know. I I understand Michael K real quick. He did say the Yankees or the Mets and Stephen A gave him shit because he was like, do you think the Mets can win one before the Yankees? He was like, yeah, I totally think that my massive spring training takeaway 
is that the New York Mets are a certified wagon, not only because they paid $4 billion for their roster, but Ronnie Mauricio is the next coming of Barry freaking Bonds. And Bryce Montez de Oca just popped a 102 today. It's yeah, Montez de Oca's back. <laughs> I, I'm so pumped for that. It's going to be nine innings of straight fuel like every month, one inning a month, and it's going to be incredible. Every inning will be on Pitching Ninja. I can't wait for that. Arm, yeah. what's your what's your uh, big spring training overreaction so far? Because I got one that's not an overreaction. It's just a fact. Griffin Conine is the center fielder for the Miami Marlins. Hell big yes, brother. Big hit today. Shout out to Griffin. He he played with the big league squad in spring training today. Uh, came in in the seventh tie score. Go ahead, single up the middle with two strikes to put him ahead. And with two uh, strikes, two strikes. Yeah, yeah. We're we're cutting that K rate down this year. Uh, so Griffin Conine, the future in center field. He might not be as fast as Jazz, but I can promise you, he won't lie as much. <laughs> Love that. So, do you guys know who this man is? For all Clark the people Schmidt. on YouTube, Clark, Clark Schmidt. Schmidt. Let me tell you a little bit about my friend. Clark Schmidt. And this is my fault because I think he was either pitching the same day as Andrew Painter, maybe the same day as Ricky Tiedemann. And those guys just had so much flair that I overreacted to them first and not to Clark Schmidt. So it's hard to, you know, we have these overreactions all the time, but Clark Schmidt, his problem was against left-handed batters. That was Clark Schmidt's issue last year. He was good against righties and he's more in a bullpen role, part-time starter. Not so sure. But, 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 but Clark Schmidt has instituted a cutter to get in on lefties. You know, the Matt Blake cutter that a lot of Yankees have been utilizing from Luis Severino to Nestor Cortez. It dates back a while within the Yankees and Matt Blake has been a huge proponent of this. He needed a pitch to get out lefties and Clark Schmidt, the RPM on the cutter is the same as Corbin Burns. Now, if we want an overreaction, Clark Schmidt is Corbin Burns. If we want a fact, I think Clark Schmidt is one of those underrated pitchers that could end up winning the five-star role for the Yankees and end up being pretty solid. Jackie Everhand raised. Yeah, uh, so the spin is the same as Burns' cutter. Is it also 99 miles an hour? It is not. That's why we're overreacting. Is Andrew Painter Aaron Nola? No. Yes. He's better. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he's better. <laughs> But that's kind of a fact. Isn't that kind of electric? He I think he's bad against a, lefties. I, instituted the the Yankee cutter that has worked for a lot of these pitchers. He's going to compete with Domingo Herman, who I hope gets shot to the moon. And if Clark Schmidt is the five starter and he has this new pitch to get out lefties, he's got the big breaker. He's 94 to 95. Be a, could be a good pitcher. I, I actually do agree with that. I do think he could be a five starter. Yes. All right. I'm done. I have no outfielders. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, top 15 corner outfielders. Leo Morgenstern wrote this up on, on JustBaseball.com. So that article is live right now. We did 15 because we're accounting for two positions. Of course, three honorable mentions. Randy Arozarena with the Tampa Bay Rays. Chris Bryant with the Colorado Rockies. And Seiya Suzuki, who is sidelined right now with the Chicago Cubs. Let's start with Suzuki. Seiya had a good year last year. I think some Cubs fans were expecting more. I think everybody is expecting more this year. Um, but Greg Huss at Out of the Vines, I want to say it's yeah, his Twitter awesome, handle. Awesome guy. Excellent follow. He tweeted, uh, I want to say a week ago, and and I had a good back and forth with him on it. Um, if Seiya Suzuki puts up an identical season across 162, are you okay with it? 
you're shaking your head no, Aram. What do you think, Peter? What do I think that if Seiya if Suzuki... Seiya does what he does again, I think he played, what, like 115 games? If he plays like 140 and puts that OPS, batting average OBP slug up with like corresponding counting numbers, are you okay with that season? I'd expect more, honestly. Yeah, I would. Um, I wrote about Seiya Suzuki a um, couple months before he came over to Major League Baseball, and I was really high on him. He had a lot of numbers in the NPB that were very, very comparable to a guy like Hideki Matsui. Um, and Hideki Matsui was not a 15 to 20 home run guy um, with this low of an OPS. Like, I'd have to go look up the numbers with Hideki Matsui, something that I kind of want to do right now, maybe while Arm gives so, a take. Hold on. Say, uh, what was Seiya's OPS last year? 769. First year for Hideki Matsui stateside, 788. And what was his second year? Second year, 912. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like, I'm not expecting so, but that's him to the make question, that though. jump, if, but that's what I want. That's the question, though. If he duplicates this, are you just dis- like, are, you're disappointed? I think is the answer, right? Yeah. I am. I am, I am. too. I, I like, is it, is it a disaster? Absolutely not. But I think, I think you got to expect more than that. 17 million AAV um, for a guy that, you know, that's a lot of money for an unproven guy. So I, to me, that's an equivalent to giving a, a a guy that's been around in free agency 25 million because of the, the role of the dice already and the long-term aspect of the deal. Um, you got to be better than a two and a half F4, which is what he was on pace to be if he played 140 game, 140 games, 116 WRC plus in a corner is just, just it's fine. Um, I think he's going to be better than that. But to answer the question, I would be disappointed. Like a decument. So he hit 31 home runs in his second season with the Yankees. Dekimatsu was sick. They had very very similar power numbers, like within a couple of home runs of each other. And Hideki Matsui's WRC plus went from 109 to 140 in year two. I'm not saying I need a 140. I'm not saying I need 30 home runs out of Seah, but I think I need 25. Yeah. I think I need a 130. That's what we thought this guy would be. And I I think think he will. Still can. I think he will. Uh, Also, should note he's out for a little bit with an oblique issue. Um, And Jed Hoyer said that his uh, the start of the season for him is in strong jeopardy. I've never heard of strong jeopardy. I think jeopardy um, is is stark enough, right? Yeah, no, it's strong jeopardy. Mm. Yeah, mm. So does Ken strong Jennings jeopardy. also host strong jeopardy? Yeah, I was I was thinking about that. Like that actually might like... be Aaron Rodgers, right? Roger, <laughs> the pro athlete may host strong jeopardy. Strong jeopardy. Um. All right, I'm going to tell you guys why I am risking my job in minor league baseball in order to place an MVP bet on Chris Bryant this year. Are, uh, you, are you being sarcastic because I wrote an article last year? Yes, yeah, so no, okay. but I'm I'm kind of being sarcastic about this year. But like, I couldn't be more in on a Chris Bryant bounce back, and that is absolutely my bias talking. Um, but somebody please corroborate that Chris Bryant is due for a massive bounce back. I can tell you that he hit a the one. Okay, so the first one of the home runs he's hit went 110 miles an hour already this spring training. That's that's big juice from him. Um, I think he. I think he shut it down for the most part last year. Like, I think he could have come back if they were in a playoff race. Like, we probably would have saw more Chris Bryant. So, I think he's really rested. I think he's good to go. I, I was going to say, as we are going into this, KB's a guy I'm expecting to to force his way back into this list. And for all the reasons that, that we've talked about and that Peter talked about for the, his MVP case last year, um, I, I think he's going to perform this year. I, I really do. And, and he swung it well. I know he didn't hit the home run, but he swung it well. 
when he was on the field in terms of finding the gaps and using the spacious outfield to his advantage. I think KB is going to have a good year this year. I'm in. Yeah, people are acting like Chris Bryant sucked last year just because he was injured. He got injured, but he had an 851 OPS while hitting 300, hit 306. Mm -hmm. We're acting like this guy just fell off a cliff and will be no more. Like I had him on my top 100 players. Yeah. Like I think he's going to be great. It's just about staying healthy, which is why he's probably an honorable mention. And he's not that great of a, of a defender. That's, he's that's always been this like utility guy who's not very good at any position, but it's just such a freak. And he's athletic enough to play average at third, average in a corner. You know, he can play first. He can do all these different things, but not at a great level. Chris Bryant makes his money with the bat. And, you know, while I did make the case for him to win an MVP in year one, maybe it takes him another year. Like he could go crazy in this ballpark with his swing. One last point, the ball he hit in spring training at 110 was harder than any ball he hit in his 50-something games last year. So, I mean, it shows you he's right. He's feeling good. Hall Goldschmidt is the best hitter against left-handed pitching in baseball. Chris Bryant may be number two. What do you think his, career, o- what do you think his career OPS is against left-handed pitching? I bet it's 1,000. Yeah, I would say 1,050. 974. So, yeah, right there. He's slashing 301, 403, 571 against left handed pitching. Don't you hate when you ask a question and, and then the person gives a number too high? It, it gives a number too high. It's so case. embarrassing. Definitely. Are you embarrassed? Yeah. But I'm I'm perpetually embarrassed about a lot of things. Okay. Even if something doesn't come up, I'm always like subconsciously embarrassed. Uh okay. speaking of which, Randy or Rosarena, Tampa Bay Rays. He's the third honorable mention. Randy is uh, how would you describe his regular season production? Because we know his postseason production is what gets him the recognition. Um, the regular season production, are, are you expecting a bit more from Randy Arozarena than what we've seen early in his career? I don't know why people don't like Randy. I'm a Randy guy. 20 bobs, 32 bags last year. Like over a 750 OPS. What was his OPS? 772? Like, yeah, he's not the best defender in the world. But he, like... He's a really good player. He's 28 years old. Like if if I'm clocking in 20 bombs, 30 bags with a 770 OPS and good defense, or good is is relative. Fine like defense. he's probably fine defense. He's improved. That's a good player. That's a really good player. Yeah, he's a good player. It's just like because of the play, because of the legend of Randy in the playoffs, I think that he kind of set the bar too high for himself. And like we forgot that this was a guy that no one was really expecting to do anything before that magical run, you know? And, and, and I think that's something that is important to note. He's just a really solid three, three and a half one player that I think will do that roughly every year. I, I think he's a really solid 2020 threat every year, which is pretty impressive. Um, another tip about player. another tip about Randy. So he stole 32 bags last year, but he was caught stealing 12 yes, times. Yes, I was just saying, there's nothing that pisses me off more than inefficient base dealers. Bigger bases, guys. He may steal steal 120 back. Yeah, he's going to steal 50. (laughs) Look out, Ricky. It was all about four and a half inches for Randy. Just needs a little bit more size. Are you feeling Randy, baby? I'm I'm feeling Randy. I'm really excited to see him play for Team Mexico. I think he's going to be huge in the WBC. Oh, of course he is. That that would be so on brand if he just goes nuclear in the WBC. No, he's going to. He's he's made for the lights. Like, he's, uh, you know, Tampa makes the playoffs, you know, basically all the time, but. You know, if he was like in New York with the Yankees or the Mets or on the West Coast with the Dodgers and the Padres, even if Philly, like he would be an enormous fan favorite. I feel oh, yeah. like 41 doubles last year, 
20 bombs and 41 doubles? All right, I'm sold. 32 bags. I disagree now with the list. He has a 203 WRC plus in, in uh, 31 postseason games. Are you kidding? <laughs> Barry Bonds. He's Barry Bonds Barry in the postseason. Yes. He is Bonds. That's better than Trout. By the way, what do you think Trout's career WRC plus is? Yeah, you told me 173 yesterday. or something. Yeah, like it's that. like 172, 173. Arm wow. Did that. I actually just pull that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is right. also what you do for fun. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, all right, number 15, Taylor Ward with the LA Angels. Taylor Ward out of nowhere pumped out a 3.8 win season, hit 281, slugged 473, 23 homers, 65 driven in, a 137 WRC plus. Taylor Ward factors into the Angels' plans moving forward, I think. And those plans may change drastically with Noah Otani. Uh, if Mike Trout does fulfill his prophecy of uh, re-recruiting Otani to stay in Anaheim. Um, I, I think Taylor Ward is somebody that's going to factor into their winning formula for quite a bit. Yeah, Taylor Ward's a guy who, of course, made an all-star team, and he had a really, really good first half. I don't know if he's the first half guy where he had an 872 OPS. <laughs> yeah. But in the second half, like post-all-star break, 275 with a 792 OPS, and he hit about as many home runs. He had 11 post-all-star break, 12 pre-all-star break. He's probably a 20 to 25 home run guy who's going to be close to an 800 OPS and play pretty good defense in a corner. It's a good player, but I'd still take Randy. Really? You take Randy over him? I would take Randy, I think. Randy's just got something. The ex-dog in him. He's got the ex-dog in him. I I really like the changes that Ward made um, in terms of his swing, made some adjustments that obviously helped him go from fringy big leaguer that played parts of the last four seasons before that to everyday guy borderline all-star I think moving forward but um I'm a big Taylor Ward fan I'm excited to see how he follows up last year but I I thought he was really good um when I said that what do you think do you think that's fair like what we should expect from him next year do you think 20 to 25 home runs with an 800 OPS while hitting for a decently high average not striking out that much walking a decent amount it's a good player it's a really good player I mean his slash line is like I think the barometer of like good player 281 360 473 like that's that's a really really solid player 137 wrc plus is fantastic and he's a better defender than randy is for sure a year ago today if i asked you to pick one moving forward jared walsh or taylor ward i think it would have been <laughs> unanimous jared walsh yes. now i think it's unanimous taylor ward unanimous times a million I need Jared Walsh to have a good I, find year. me the find me the guy that says Jared Walsh and 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 I'll be floored. But think about the flip Walsh's there, family, right? Like the narrative changed entirely about those two. Shows I, how crazy baseball is. I was such a believer in Jared Walsh. I love Jared. I, Walsh. I need him to have a good year, or else I still believe. Take is, I still think yeah. he's okay. I still think he's okay. Just don't let him face lefties ever. The the consensus breakout candidate of all breakout candidates checks in at 14 here. Samurai Japan's finest, Lars Nupar with the St. Louis Cardinals. Lars had a 2.7 war last year, 350 plate appearances, hit 228, 340 OBP, 448 slug, 14 homers, 40 driven in, a 125 WRC+. Plus. Newt Bar is getting as much love as much. anybody on the face of the earth when it comes to breakouts. And I'm worried that that is he's so underrated that now he's overrated. Like right. that kind of exactly, Jack. It's like there's a narrative and it makes sense. 
Maybe it's a little bit overblown, and then it just gets taken to the moon. You would have thought that Lars Newbar had the same season as Julio Rodriguez, yeah, based I on know. how people love him. I would have thought Lars was like a four win player, and he was a two point seven, or win. like, or like hit four hundred in the last two months. <laughs> right. Yeah, he was good. Like the reality is, he had a seven eighty eight OPS. Good player, good. fourteen home runs. You know, he didn't play the entire season. He's got a lot of red bubbles on Savant. Yeah, so the bad. The batted ball data is, is what really gets people going. I think he's a guy that do- – and also he fits all of the analytical boxes of like what everyone's looking for in a hitter. Doesn't swing a lot. When he does swing, he hits it really freaking hard. 90th percentile exit velocity over 106 is elite. Um, he makes enough contact in the zone, above 80% zone contact. He doesn't chase. Like that's a player that generally will break out. And that 25. said – He's 25. I think we've got yeah, – and he's 25. He was 24 when with these numbers. That was yes. when he was 24. That said, and he mashes fastballs. But breaking balls have been a little bit of an issue for him at times. Like, there's still some things. I love Newbar. I think he's going to have a great year. But, yeah, I am getting nervous now. It's like when the public is all over one bet. You're like, oh, exactly. shit. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what I feel about Lars. But I do think he's going to have an 800 OPS this year and play play solid defense and just hit the ball hard. But, um. Yeah, it's it's become a little bit too uh, en vogue, I think, at this point with the Lars Newbar breakout. Okay, but I want to put us on the hot seat for a second. Brendan we Donovan. We are really – yeah, no, no, not yeah. Brendan Donovan. We are really high on a guy like <laughs> Vinny Pascantino, right? Yeah. Like, Aram, too, I want to ask you because um, obviously you've been high on Vinny for a while now. I think you were one of the starters of the Newbar train. Like, why do we love Vinny so much? But, like, Newbar we like – but now it's gone overblown. Like, why are we willing to bet on Vinny when the entire public is on Vinny now also rather yeah. than a new bar? I think Vinny's shown it more at the big league level. That's a great question, first of all. I, Thank you. I think Vinny's shown it more at the big league level. And then all of the metrics that I just told you about Lars, Vinny's are that but better. So yeah. it's like, and he's it's the Italian breakfast. But um, both both cult heroes, which is cool, like folk heroes that, that I think just their fan bases love. But I would say it, it the batted ball profile is even more insane for a Vinny. Like zone contact over ninety percent with Doesn't all of the other it. things, it's 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 a joke. It's it's that's Jeff McNeil. That's yeah. like it's your... Jeff McNeil with more juice. Like it, yeah. it is one of the most insane profiles I've seen. So that's why. I and I will I will wear the the Vinny one. I'll take that L happily if he somehow doesn't not happily i'll be sad but i will take that l without feeling bad about it whatsoever because i i will question life at that point if finney is not a good hitter and at the same time we believe in lars newbar he's right yes. 14th on oh, he's good. Field he's really good he's really good one of the best players in major league baseball yeah we're but... just we're just we're declining the narrative i think that's being set for him right now and like if not everybody under the moon was singing the praises of Lars Nupar right now. We'd be saying like, hey, this guy's due for a massive breakout. But everybody's saying he's due for like a 900 OPS. And we don't think yeah, so. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't see that. I don't no, see I see that. 820 OPS. That yes. sounds great. Sounds Would people fantastic. zig, we zag. We have to do that. Would people zig, we zag. Lars Nupar is going to suck out. Yeah, there. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> also, Vinny Pasquantino, first percentile in arm strength. I go oh, by the bubbles. Loser. Yeah, uh, number 13 is Teoscar Hernandez. Now with the Seattle Mariners, Teoscar Hernandez. 2.4 F4 last year, a 129 WRC plus, 25 homers. This guy is one of the more consistent power bats in the game over the last couple of years. And I think that that flies really under the radar. 
this was a big time pickup for Seattle. I always said that Teoscar Hernandez was the most underrated hitter in Major League Baseball, and sometimes like that narrative gets overblown. But I still think he's not getting quite the love that he deserves. Like in 2020, he was a literal monster. 919 OPS, 16 bombs in 50 games. But even back dating back to 2019 as a 26 home run guy, then in 2020 it's 32 bombs with an 870 OPS. And then last year follows it up with 25 more home runs and an 807 OPS. And he also can steal some bags highlighted by 12 back in 2021. This is just a really good hitter. Now he's not going to play great defense, but I've always just thought like Teoscar Hernandez got kind of shoved to the side a little bit with the Blue Jays when you have Vladdy and you have Bichette and you have all these like up and coming guys. And Teoscar is like the 30 year old who's just been there for a while. But if you ask Blue Jays fans, they love Teoscar. And I think Seattle fans are going to fall in love with a big bopper that they absolutely need. I think he's a huge X factor for the Mariners next year. I think he's going to be great. I'm really excited for his season. I weirdly think he could be that kind of guy that like randomly has the best season of his career at age 32. Yeah. Or th- like, it, totally is, agree. He is, he hits the ball so hard. And I, did you guys see the spring training home run he hit? Has that been like, was that on video anywhere? Because I'm pretty sure it went like 480. Like he has he has insane, insane power. Um, he swings and misses a little bit. He but pops he, like 116, 117s. Yeah. Talking about 90th percentile exit velocities. This is 108 last year. Like that, that that's off the charts. Um, this guy hits the crap out of the ball. And I think just just being in a new environment, I think it's gonna kind of reinvigorate him a little bit. I I, I think he's gonna be a huge part of this Mariners offense. And I think he's going to really so like settle into that role. I'm excited to see what he can do. I wish he was a better defender, but you know, it is what it is. You, you take what you can get. And this is a guy that has the power to easily get past 30 home runs this year. And, and I hope he does even in, in that stadium. I don't think it's going to make a difference for him. I have a hot take. Yes. Teoscar Hernandez leads the American league in doubles next year, moving over to moving over to uh, T-Mobile. He hit 35 for the blue Jays last year, bigger park. He's still going to hit the crap out of the ball. I think he's going to be a doubles machine next year. 45 plus. Book it. Ooh, okay. Um, what do you think? Maybe. All right. Fastball <laughs> master. Say Oscar Hernandez. Last three years against fastballs. 2020 smaller sample. Only saw 450. Hit 388 with an 816 slug against fastballs. Mm. 2021. Hit 314 with a 577 slug against fastballs. This past year, 310 with a 590 slug against fastballs. That's three years of consistent fastball mashing, but you're right. He's getting worse. Slow. Old. Never mind. I take my the hot take back. Yeah. <laughs> one, one last note. Um, I, I'll send you guys the video of the home run. It went over the batter's eye in center field. Wind was blowing out a little bit. Per sources, that ball traveled 490-plus feet. Whoa. Yeah, Teoscar's got juice. He's got juice, bro. Wow. Didn't Mickey, Mantle, balls. Hit a, didn't Mickey Mantle hit a homer that went like 780? Yes, yes. It, uh, 580. It actually happened. Yeah, I'm sure. Are they, what kind of balls are they using in spring training? The juice ones? I don't or? know. That's a great question. Obviously, they fly because that's crazy. Number 12? Number 12 is Ian Happ, three-and-a-half win player last year. Uh, Happ was an elite defensive left fielder. Where did that come from? 13 defensive runs saved in left. 
hit 271 with a 440 slug, 17 homers, 72 driven in a 120 WRC plus. Ian Happ is 12. Contract year Ian Happ, three, four. Ian Happ, it's so funny because he is a good player. And he's kind of always been a pretty good player, but I think last season was... It was know, a one new of level his... of Ian Happ. I agree. He's kind of good at everything, and you don't really care. It's like one of those weird players where he's just above average at everything. He's a good player, but he's not flashing. He's not like, oh, I got to turn on the TV to watch Ian Happ. But maybe with someone with better tools and the same numbers, you're turning on the TV. Like, almost an 800 OPS guy. He could steal 10-plus bags, close to 20 home run power. He had 17 home runs, nine stolen bases last year. Gets on base a ton. Max exit velo, like, he hit a ball 114 miles an hour last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some juice in there. But he just, he doesn't have me turning on the TV, but that doesn't take anything away from Ian Happ, right? He's still just a very solid baseball player, all-around good player. Yeah, I, I I don't have much to add on top of that. Just switch hitter that just does all the things you need him to do. Um, I think a guy that they're going to extend to. He, I think he's played his way into an extension. I hope they I hope they do keep him in in Chicago because I think they need to have some of those familiar faces with all the youngsters coming up. And uh, Hap's only twenty eight still, and I think he's still getting better and still getting more consistent from both sides of the plate. That was one thing. It was a little it was a little bit favoring one side more than the other. Now more balanced. Uh, I like Hap a lot, and I know Cubs fans are are very fond of him. So how do you deal with those four outfielders? Hap, Seiya, Pete Crow Armstrong, Brennan Davis. Hmm. That's a Cross that bridge when you get there, right? Like I still I still think you you, you keep the guys that are producing for you. Um, that said, you got the DH role for a reason. I think guys can kind of filter through there. And um, Hap, Hap is one of the best proven hitters they have. I, I think that there's an important keeping it. He's probably the best proven hitter they have. Yeah, and he um, ranks 12th on our list. Like, that's that's a damn good player. Like, if you are on the top 15 corner outfielders list, you are a very good player. Absolutely. 60 have to start games. 60 corner outfielders are MLB starters. Exactly. And he's number 12 out of 60. Yeah. Uh, Ian Happ sacrificed some power in the home run total output. You mentioned Max Exit Velo. But what he did do is just put up the lowest K rate of his career, too. So maybe he's changing a little bit. as a Highest batting average, too. Batting average matters. Yeah, I was to say something. There's probably some some kids listening. Just, just yeah, who cares? <laughs> just threw up and you know, after and hearing that. For all those kids, expected batting average two thirty eight. Oh, oh, oh no! Mm. DFA Sucks. candidate. Yeah, cooked. Yes. cooked. <laughs> cooked. Well, yo, can we cut that whole part we just did? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, number eleven, Starling Marte, three win player for the Mets last year in five hundred plate appearances. Look at Starling Marte, man, two ninety two. 16 homers, 18 bags, K rate under 20%, a 136 WRC plus. He is in a corner, uh, thankfully, um, with Brandon Nimmo holding down center field. Um, Marte is aging. He may be losing that step that got him, what, 50 bags in 2021? Yeah. How many stolen bases yeah. did he have? But Sterling Marte is still a very talented ball player. Arm, I want to go to you first because yeah. former Miami Marlin. Good thing yeah. you guys didn't sign Former right. Oakland A, your other favorite yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, God forbid the Marlins kept the best player they've had in a long time. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he he's he's an awesome dude too. Um, just quiet, lead by example type of guy. I've never talked to anybody that's shared a clubhouse with him uh, that that doesn't like him. Uh, on the 
physical baseball side like he is one of the the more freakish dudes like I, I remember the first time I saw I saw him play like I, just looking at the the size of this guy and the way he also moves is insane you ever seen Rock, him shirtless yeah I wish rocket for an arm um you know even if he's a step slower like still is quick I am worried about the injuries you know this is again a really like muscular dude that te- like that tends to be guys that get hurt a little bit more sometimes um he's dealing with a groin right now uh, but I think what he does is just putting bat on ball, hitting the ball hard. Like, he's a guy that can get away with high ground ball rates because he smacks the shit out of the ball. Uh, and he hits you enough home runs. Like, you look at the last few years, it's 20 home runs. It's 23 home runs. It's six in the shortened season. 12 in 2021, but then up that to 16 again last year. Never strikes out. Uh, he, he's just a really damn good player. I also think he's one of the better corner outfielders defensively in Major League yeah. Baseball. Moving off center, I think, really helped him. Uh, he's got a good arm out there. He's just a very, very smart defender um, out there in right field. Yeah, all I'm thinking about when I think Starling Marte is that shirtless photo when he was on a horse and yeah. he's just glistening. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. a beautiful man. Very, Absolutely beautiful. Very and he had an old eight, Spice Man vibes. And he yes. had an 815 OPS last year. So you're beautiful with an 815 OPS. That's eye test. Yep. And he rocks the youth large jersey. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah he does. That guy, that guy cares about biceps. All right. There were four qualified hitters in Major League Baseball last year with a whiff rate under 5%. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Peter's favorite player. Oh. Miles Straw, who may have the least pop in baseball. The owner of the AL batting title, Luis Arise. And the 10th best corner outfielder in baseball, Stephen Kwan, in his mm. rookie year. Stephen Kwan is one of my favorites to watch. That's been well-documented on this show. Um, I have gone to White Sox Guardians for the sole purpose of seeing Stephen Kwan massage his way through at bats. He's so much fun. 9.7% walk rate, 9.4% K rate, and he hit 300. Kwan is everybody's dream for a leadoff man. He's got such a funny savant profile. It's all blue when we're talking about like average exit velocity, hard hit rate, all that kind of stuff. But then you get into like strikeout, whiffing, chase rates, speed, defense. It's like as red as humanly possible. He's a nice throwback player. Like he's not going to hit a bunch of home runs, but he's going to hit 300. He's going to play fantastic defense and he's going to be a great base runner. Also a guy who's going to benefit from four and a half more inches of base because 19 stolen bases caught ceiling five, bumped that up to 30, caught ceiling once, and he moves <laughs> no, even you're higher. You're being way too conservative with the bump up. Bump him up to 70, and Agreed. he's caught three times. I can already see it happening. Yeah. Um, You were talking, you said whiff, right, Jack? You were talking about whiff, right? I was talking about whiff, yeah. So swinging strike rate even too. Like, he, he's he's just unbelievable in almost any batted ball profile statistic you want to look three percent swinging strike rate I, I don't have the numbers in front of me of like what the average is for a, a player in major league baseball but i can promise you it's almost triple that probably more than that it might be quadruple uh for the average hitter in major league baseball he doesn't chase he's there's few guys that are gonna be a more difficult out than steven kwan and i know the question that we usually ask big leaguers like who is your most difficult at bat and you know we see nico horner other guys come up I guarantee you the more pitchers that we talk to, the more pitchers we have on this podcast, especially in the American League side, Stephen Kwan's going to be a name that continues to come up. He's just a hard guy to get out, point blank, period. Do you think he has more power in him? Six home runs last year. He did hit a ball 107 miles an hour last year. I'm just curious, like, should Guardians fans expect 10 home runs next year? Should they expect a power increase? Or is it just like you take your five to eight and, like, he's going to do everything else? 
I think you take your five to eight. <laughs> I think you do. Jack, you think the same? Yeah, man. I mean, he's kind of D Gordon. Like we we talked to D Gordon on Show and Go with Taylor Davis. Like that's kind of what Stephen Kwan is, right? D steal D D stole more bases. But um, I think Kwan's a better hitter. Yeah, I think Kwan's a better hitter too, man. I'm the thing that jumps out to me. You see, he puts the homers out pole side. Like they just sneak over the right field wall. He's got more base hits to left as a left-handed hitter. This guy has a 28% pull rate, 38% up the middle rate, 34% of batted balls to the opposite field. So his least common placement of a batted ball is to the pull side. This dude is like, the he's exactly what everybody was taught to do in Little League. He's like sort of like our Pete Rose right now. I mean, it's never, we're never going to have 4,200 hits, but he's kind of like that. Is he not armed? He's, he's, God, I mean, he might be the best, the best bat to ball guy all around. That's also fast. Like Arias is probably like on that same breath, but he doesn't move like Quan. So last question about Quan. And I'm, I'm asking the two like better high school hitters and like Aram, you spend all your time watching swings. How hard is it with like that drastic of a leg kick? to keep that timing like he has to be such a freak very, very hard very hard yeah he I, I that's the craziest part to be an elite hit tool guy with a leg kick like that it's it's just it's just amazing i think you don't pick your front foot up and like you you don't make that much contact he has yeah. like his knee next to his ear like orlando hernandez style el and duque he's, he's ready at release man that's all that matters man just thinking uh, about my Pete Rose take. I just called the guy our version of Pete Rose when he has 168 career hits. Steve, Maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself. What? Rose. But doesn't that kind of kind of gives you those vibes a little bit? Or am I just <laughs> on crack? I don't know. Pete Rose has some character flaws that I don't think Quan has. A little sprinkle We're not talking that. off the field. <laughs> All right. Number nine, Dalton Varshow, now with the Toronto Blue Jays. 4.6 war accumulated with the Arizona Diamondbacks last year, close to 600 plate appearances. 27 homers, 16 stolen bases for a catcher. Not bad. 74 driven in a 106 WRC plus, but five defensive runs saved, eight outs above average in center, 14 DRS and 10 outs above average in right. This guy's elite everywhere. I think so. Like I was a huge Dalton Varsho guy. And when I saw the trade package for Gabriel Moreno and Lordy Scurriel for Dalton Varsho, I was almost like, I love him, but I didn't know he was loved that much by organizations. Like, I think people look at the 106 WRC Plus and think, well, why do you think this guy is such a good hitter? And I just think he's got it all. Like, he's not a super high strikeout rate. He's got some decent play discipline that I think will increase. And it's like, what kind of profile have we seen where a catcher goes to the outfield becomes one of the best defensive outfielders in the sport in one season, hits almost 30 home runs, and steals almost 20 backs. It's just a profile that we never come across in Major League Baseball. He's he's really special in that regard. And and honestly, like the defense is crazy. Like in a corner, especially he's a good defender in center. I like like Jack said, elite. I mean, he he's he could win gold gloves in the corners, you know, like for for a while, which is nuts. And then if you ever have an emergency, throw him behind the dish too. Like that that's a really unique aspect of it. But he hits the ball really hard. Um, he, he's a pretty well rounded hitter, a little aggressive, but like still a pretty well rounded hitter. I, I like Varshaw. I'm excited to see what he does for them this year. But it was a nice pickup for them, and um, I think he's only going to get better. This guy's only 26. 
Yeah, like a know. 302 OBP is not going to help your WRC plus. No. no. Um, I don't know how Petriello and the gang calculates outfielder jump on Savant, but as a catcher, being in the 97th percentile and outfielder jump, that means it like that's that's a sense of feel that I don't think anybody has in their profession. That's what I think is so key about him. It's just his feel for baseball seems like Crazy. at such an incredible level. That's what they teach at Wisconsin Milwaukee. Yeah, whatever. Feel Wisconsin. for the game. <laughs> uh, all right, number eight, George Springer, also with the Toronto Blue Jays. 4.2 F4 last year. We got a full year of Springer, 25 homers, 14 bags, 76 RBIs, a 132 WRC plus. Springer was in center. He doesn't have to be in center anymore. That's great for George Springer. That's great for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, I just, I want Springer to stay healthy. I know he played 133 games, but only played 78 in 2021. Like a full, even like a 150 from George Springer. He's still one of the better hitters, I think, in the American League. Like even in, I guess, a down year because he put up back-to-back-to-back seasons with an 899 OPS or above, and he had an 814 last year. But the guy still turned in 25 home runs, stole 14 bases, an efficient base dealer. Yeah, he's not the center fielder that he once was, but I still think the world of George Springer, I think he just needs to stay healthy, and that's not that's what's not putting him in the 6-7 to seven range because we're about to get 6-7, and seven, and you can see why he's not a place higher, a but he has the talent to do it. Yeah, but it's a new tier. At it's seven. a new tier. Exactly. I, and I, but I do think like him playing a full season in the corner, he could enter that tier, right? 160, I agree. 162 game average, 269, 358, 494 slash line, 36 homers. Like this is a dude that when he's on the field, he's he's an all star. It's that simple. And he, and he's done it now in Toronto. He showed us last year. He did it in Houston. Uh, hopefully, having him in a corner will keep him healthy longer. And I think he's gonna have another really nice year. So I know he was the World Series MVP in 2017, but I think at the start of this dynastic era for the Houston Astros, George Springer was like the most underrated part of that. Because obviously you have Altuve and everybody's talking about Altuve in like a Hall of Fame way. I think Bregman is pretty underrated in that way too, but it feels like year over year, right? We're going to be talking about Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez, and we're going to get to Tucker here in a moment. But Springer to help kickstart that dynasty I think he's very underrated. Also one yeah. of the best college baseball players like ever. Shout UConn? Out UConn, baby. Dude, he was a freak of nature in college. Put together a, a big three of UConn athletes. I don't think George Springer's on it, man. It's got to be Brianna Stewart, Kemba Walker, and George Springer. Nah, super. I would put, right. I would put Springer over Kemba. But I don't know, man. Number Kemba, six, number seven. Kemba, number when's six? Kemba's? When's Kemba's title? Arm to arm wants to talk about baseball. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, UConn top three play. Like what? Next up. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kyle Tucker, number seven. <laughs> Kyle Tucker, the Houston Astros. Is wait, 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 wait. Where does he rank on Plant High School in Tampa's <laughs> top players of all time? You tell me, Arm. Right below Connor Scott. Anyway, continue. Okay, Kyle Tucker, number seven on the corner outfield uh, list. Uh, 4.7 F4 last year and over 600 plate appearances. Slugged 478, 30 homers, 25 stolen bases, 107 driven in, a 16% K rate with a 10% walk rate, 129 WRC+. And oh, by the way, 
he's gold glove caliber in right. 14 defensive runs saved, three outs above average. Kyle Tucker should get a bag, folks. I bet he gets $200 million handed to him by the Houston Astros this year. I agree with you. One of the better all-around players in Major League Baseball. But Arm made a good point, I think, when we were talking about this list. It's like every year, or at least the past couple of years, we're like, this is the year Kyle Tucker makes the MVP ascension. This is the year. This is the year. Arm, is this the year? Shit, man. I hope so. I, I think I think he does kick it into another gear this season. I, I was surprised to see you know what he what he did, which was still a good year. He was still an all-star at 25 years old and had an 808 OPS and hit 30 bombs. Uh also still 25 bags on 29 tries, which is an yeah. important note too. Like efficient base dealer. I, I think we see more out of Kyle Tucker this year. I do. I it was just one of those years where I think everybody was expecting the breakout to another degree. Like I thought MVP candidate, right? So I, I thought it didn't quite happen. He had a really nice August, had a pretty good September. Um, it was really like a, a dreadful month of July and a dreadful April to start the season that really weighed him down. If he just can kind of keep the consistency up, which he's kind of built to be consistent. I think he's going to be old. Twenty-six years old. It seems like he'd be thirty by now, but the, also, by the amount that we're putting on him of like now, when's your MVP? He's twenty-six. He could exactly. go crazy this year, and I think he does. Like I think he's going to be in the eight seventy OPS range. I think he has a great, great year. I think he's thirty to thirty-five home runs. I think he could be a thirty-thirty guy. And I love that he plays center field too. Yeah. Like he yeah. went over to center and looked great out there. He's kind of like he's. I don't have a good comp for him. I think he's just an all-around great player at every facet of baseball. Yeah, no, and, and I think we're going to see him be a little bit more consistent this coming year, and that could be a 900 OPS and a really well-rounded player. Uh, real important note here, he is third on Plant High School's all-time baseball list in terms of, of relevant player. Number move one, on? Number no, one, Wade no, Boggs. No. Number one, Wade Boggs. Yeah, heard, heard, heard his plain drinking uh, yeah. experience, stuff of legends. Keep yeah, going. Number one, Wade Boggs. Number two, Pete Alonso. Three, Kyle Tucker. Anyway, now move on. What a list. Yeah. That was crazy. And the thing is, like, Arm's not going to get on us about that, and we can't get on him about that because it was all baseball related. Yeah. It's a great list. It's a great list. Michael Givens as well. Uh, Kyle, I'll take Kyle Tucker over Michael Givens seven days a week. Uh. <laughs> Number six, Fernando Tatis Jr. Somebody want to talk about him? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a, it's, he's an impossible guy to rank. There's a portion of our listeners who are like, Tatis just went down for a PED suspension. You guys are going to put him this high when he is yes. dropping fly balls in spring training. But then there's another portion of our listeners who are probably like, Fernando Tatis at six on a quarter outfit list? He might be the sixth best overall player in Major League Baseball. He might be even better than that from a talent perspective. This guy puts up A-Rod numbers like young A-Rod did. Like, and and he that's, a- why he, that's why he sits right at six here. Because he's right in the middle for us, right? Like, you got you to gotta factor in the volatility. You got to factor in, like, the upside and what he is. And that gives you... I think the sixth best outfielder in baseball. Like, I, there's a lot of things that have to be answered. How is he going to come back from this wrist injury that clearly was pretty catastrophic because he continued to just delay the return, delay the return, delay the return, delay the return? He fell off a fucking motorcycle. Like, he probably crunched his wrist. Then he also have the PED side of things, which is really interesting. Can he beat this this really tough case of ringworm? Like, yeah, there's a lot of say, things I that I know how his ringworm is. <laughs> so like there's a lot of things here but that said like this is a guy that i fully expect to be at the top 
of this list. If he plays the outfield the whole year, he could be the worst defender in baseball out there. And, and I don't if care. he hits the way he hits, he's going to legitimately be, you know, and, and here's the thing. He's still going to make crazy throws. He's still going to make the, the highlight real plays. It's going to be about all of the other plays, right? You talk about jumps, talk about routes, like those balls not falling in the gap that like people will probably not even think about that probably should have been caught over 162. Um, but that said, if this guy even hits, to 70% of what he did the last time we saw him for 130 games, he is a top two outfielder in baseball, top three. Here's what 70% is of what he did in 2021. He played 130 games. This motherfucker, Fernando Tatis Jr., hit 42 home runs in 130 games with 25 steals. Like we talk about Mike Trout hitting 40 home runs. What was it, 120 games? 118. Tatis. Tatis hit 42 and 130 and stole 25 bags. What was his war in that 130 games? It was like it was like six something. I'm on Savant. For some reason, Savant doesn't give us the war number, so I don't know. But I know he had a 975 OPS and he has a 965 OPS for his career. I think when we do these Friday episodes, we should have Peter be the Savant guy. I'm the baseball reference guy, and RM, you're the fan graphs guy. That's fair. I, I, I'm pretty fun. sure he was in the six or seven F war department in 130 games, which is comical. So if you if he's played 273 career games, if you average out his numbers over 162, uh, he's slashing 292, 369, 596. That's a 965 OPS, 33 doubles, 48 homers, 116 driven in 31 backs. I think he's the fourth most talented player in Major League Baseball. That's crazy. I think it goes Otani one. Trout, two, I still think he is. And I do think Judge is three. And I think he's four. Acuna right after? Acuna five. Right after. Mookie's up there. But talent-wise, like just freakish ability, like J-Rod is up there. Yeah. But I I would put him four. And you could argue he's above Judge, but Judge just hit 62 home runs and was an electric in right field. Yeah, he played center. So... And maybe you could bump Trout out of that right now, but he's in that discussion. And we have him as the sixth best corner outfielder. So don't come for us. This is a good ranking. Yeah. Uh, now into the top five. Number five is Ronald Acuna Jr. Mm-hmm. 2.2 war in 530 plate appearances. How do we feel about that? Slash 266, 351, 413. 15 homers, 29 stolen bases. He had a 114 WRC+. Plus. And he was a fine to slightly below average right fielder. No yeah. defensive run saved, negative five outs above average. It was a really bad year. Uh, I think all of us are kind of calling it a moot point, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. I don't give a shit. In 2021, before he went down with the torn ACL, I remember watching it at a bar and like my heart just dropped because you saw the pain coming off him. And I was like, he's out for the year. This is the worst because I think when we're talking about talent, he's five. And Ronald Cooney Jr., before he went down, 24 home runs in 82 games. He stole 17 bases and had a 990 OPS while having maybe the best arm in right field and one of the best defenders in the corner. And then he tore his ACL, came back from it, even said in plenty of interviews that he feels like unhealthy, like he is not right right now but he's just plugging away, trying to get his team to win games and was still a pretty good player on one leg. If he's healthy, he's one of the best players in our sport. No doubt about it. 
top five talent. Yeah. I mean, his ground ball rate went up 16%. Um, that wasn't because he forgot how to hit a baseball. It, it was because he couldn't stay in his lower half. He couldn't, he couldn't get into that and into his legs and stay there. Right. You, you got a bad knee and you're trying to stay in your legs. Like that's really hard to do. And when you can't stay in your legs, what's the number one thing that ends up happening End up drifting and, and rolling over and, and you see a high ground ball rate. He was a guy that hovered around 40% for his career. And in 2021 had a, like was was even lower than that 31 percent ground ball rate up to 48 last year like that that's not going to happen again this guy's going to go off i think this year i I think he's going to put up some monster numbers for the braves and then before he got injured in that 2021 season in 2020 he had a 987 ops then in 2019 41 bombs 37 stolen bases yeah he almost went freak show almost went 40 40 Almost if he had the four and a half inches, he would have went 40-40. That's what I'm saying. Maybe 40-50. Yeah. 40-80. 40-80. Um, so you guys are are both buying Acuna, like a full bounce back from Acuna? Yes. Yeah, I think yes. he could win the MVP. Yeah. Okay. So you get a full bounce back from Acuna. Um, you've got that rotation in Atlanta. The Braves are plus 450 to make it out of the National League right now. The yeah, Dodgers right. are plus 400. The Mets are plus 400. The Braves are plus 450 with the Padres on BetMGM. Yeah, don't give it away. We're okay. going to talk. We'll be talking. We'll be talking about that one. Noted. Uh, Juan Soto, the fourth best corner outfielder in the game. 3.8 F4 last year. I want to walk you through the top five in walk rate last year because this is a funny list. Carlos Santana, fifth at 14%. Jesse Winker, fourth at 15.4%. Max Muncy, third, 15.9%. Aaron Judge, second at 15.9%. Juan Soto at 20.3%. Arm, you ever seen a walk rate over 20% for a qualified major leaguer before this? You can go back to like Bonds in 2004. Bonds, I'm trying to think like, I don't even... I don't even think like JT Snow didn't even get up there. Mark Teixeira, maybe. Who gets around more than Soto? You know what I mean? Like he hit 240. It was a bad year for Soto. Guess what? 242 batting average to a 401 OBP in a 266 XBA for my nerd friends. 266 expected batting average. There we go, man. So like a 242 hitter still at a 145 WRC plus. And the gold glove finalist Juan Soto is an elite defensive right fielder. Is he not? <laughs> no, he does suck at right field and I don't give a shit. Juan Soto for my money is the best left-handed hitter in baseball. And I know Jordan also plays baseball and I yeah, know he got, also hits left-handed. I've got Jordan on line one. Yeah. I have Juan Soto as my number one left-handed Bryce hitter. I, I've got Bryce Harper, Harper on too. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking good too. Shit. Yeah. But, ah, uh, Damn. Here's the thing. I Here's still stand thing. by it. I stand by it still. I mean, you can so Juan Soto is impervious to a bad season because of what we just saw last year to Jack's point, right? Like the last three seasons, he has walked at above a 20% clip. So that means if he legitimately hits zero, he's going to what? Get on base at a 200 clip? Yes. Is that math sound? Like that's insane. So uh, this is somebody that if he hits better, he got on base at a 400 clip last season hitting 242. You know he's going to hit better. You know he's going to be better than he was last year. Like it, it's going to be something that I think we'll, we'll see maybe in the 450, 460 OBP department again. Like that is crazy. This guy gets on base at a 424 clip for his career. Uh, I, I'm expecting Soto, another really big bounce back candidate. I, I don't think he's a 242 hitter. I don't think anyone does. 
I also think there was so much pressure on him last year. There was year. a lot of moving think about parts it. to There was year. everything was about the 500 or 600 million dollar player. He's playing on a Nationals team that wins once a week and all he's hearing about is ownership, what are they going to do and it's all about him, ton of pressure and then on a team that doesn't win anything. Then he gets traded to San Diego moves across the country as a really young player. Like we forget he was 23 last year. He was 23 years old, a 23 year old kid moving across the country, new place, entirely new teammates, bigger ballpark. And he takes a little bit to adjust and then starts hitting well again. I think first season, he's finally settled in San Diego. He's going to go crazy. He might win the MVP, even playing horrible defense. That's how good the bat's going to be. So, June 8th, 2022, Juan Soto was in a lineup with Cesar Hernandez, Lane Thomas, Nelson Cruz, Luis Garcia, Kiebert Ruiz, Eddie Adrianza, Victor Robles, and Josh Bell. Why would you throw him one strike? Never. Yeah. He saw nothing to hit. And he's probably pressing, too. He's seeing nothing to hit. And he knows he has to live up to this as a 23-year-old trying to live up to a $600 million contract. Yeah. It's got to be an impossible task for this guy. Now he's settled in. He knows he's going to get paid anyway. I bet he yeah. settles in and just kills balls. Still is going to drop plenty in the outfield. And I don't even care. I don't care. Did you see him drop one on the uh, spring training opener? Yes. That was just a deke. Yeah, it was a deke. <laughs> yeah, he's just, what, what is it? It's like the uh, the arms that would come in in like Little League in high school that would like lob it in at 45. And it's like, hey, he doesn't throw hard. And then the last one, it's, oh my gosh, he throws hard. Uh, all right. Number three, Bryce Harper. Harper is a loaded conversation right now because he's probably out until the all-star break. When he comes back, he might be a DH. He was a DH for the back half of the season, but Bryce Harper, the bat is obviously unfucking believable. And what he did in the postseason cemented himself as on a hall of fame trajectory. Um, Bryce, he couldn't be lower than this. I don't think. Too much playoff juice, too much electricity. I mean, it's just he's one of the scariest hitters to face when the game's on the line. Like, maybe for my money, I'll take Juan Soto as a bat over a full season and like whatever I get in the playoffs, I get. But one AB with everything on the line, I'm sending Bryce Harper, kind of the Inguadala take. Right. <laughs> give me Bryce Bryce the death beam pointed at Earth. Yeah. yeah. Give me. It, is it Allen. not Bryce Harper arm? No, I mean he's it's him or Jordan. You know, like it's 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 one of those two guys. And honestly, I'm going with with Harper just because I I'm the big I I just love the way this guy hits. He's also a guy that continues to evolve, which which I love too. Right, like in the best way possible. He's a guy that that's continuing to perfect his swing and continuing to to make subtle adjustments, whether it's with two strikes and the no Student strike of the game. Student it's of the it's game. amazing. And you see the, the young hitters in Philly start to adapt some of the similar setups and moves that, that he is preaching. You talk to a lot of pro guys, they look at him as the gold standard of hitting. Watch video of him because he has continued to evolve. Uh, he used to be that free swinger that swung out of his freaking shoes. He takes his hack still. But again, with two strikes, you see a different Bryce Harper. To me, this is a guy that's going to age like fine wine. I don't know how he ages in the outfield. But finally getting that elbow right, like what he did was with a torn UCL. I have no idea what what a torn UCL does to your swing and your. We saw what happened it did to Max Muncie. Yeah, facts. And and here's the thing: like we don't know exactly what it does to you, but I know it doesn't help. 
So like, yeah. it, the point is like this guy, I think is only going to be better when he gets back. And, and I'm, I th- think he's legitimately one of those guys that might put together his best season on his way out. Like David Ortiz did uh, like, like we saw from Barry Bonds at the tail end, which I know there was other things at play there, but I also think it was because he perfected the swing. Um, I, I don't think Harper is going to slow down anytime soon. I loved when Harper was in the dugout in the playoffs and remember that AB with Alec Bohm. When he calls Bohm over, he's like, hey, he's doing this with his glove. Or I don't know what he exactly said. I kind of don't remember. But it was like a pitcher was tipping pitches or something like that. He goes, Bohm, come here. Bohm immediately extra base hit. It might have been a home run. Like, that's just Bryce Harper. You can't quantify that. But him in the dugout, along with what he does on the field, the leadership he brings, and the death beam. Like, give me him. 1AB. Now. You know, he ranks third on our list. You know, we got a couple other guys to get to, like over a full season, counting in defense. These guys are probably better all-around players. Death beam guy. It's Harper. Yes. So other example, torn UCL. Uh, Otani, only full season um, that Otani has put up an OPS under 850 was the season that he was sidelined from pitching with a torn UCL, 2019. So to note... Everybody else sucks, and Bryce Harper doesn't suck with a torn UCL. Um, and in 848 OPS from Otani, I consider sucking from him. I forget which guy I was talking to about this, but I was talking to a player, and they made the best point about Bryce Harper. Um, there are a lot of other players in baseball. Not a lot, but there are some other players in baseball where you could point to and say – they're probably better over the course of a regular season, and they are probably in a vacuum better over the course of a game. But nobody takes over a series like Bryce Harper. That guy's ability to take over a game and for that month stretch in 2021 when Harper was pretty much single-handedly willing the Phillies into postseason contention, nobody else in baseball can do that like Bryce Harper. And I thought that was a great point about him. Six home runs in 17 postseason games last year. Mm. It's just just stupid. Stupid. Including the swing of his life. All right, number two, Mookie Betts. Oh, you know, just a casual six and a half win player. 35 homers from Mookie Betts, uh, a 16% K rate. This guy doesn't swing and miss a 144 WRC plus. He is always one of the elite defenders in right field. Mookie is Peter's favorite player. Yeah. My favorite player now in the Yankees. Who's so your favorite I'm, player on the I'm about to give the judge. Peraza? I'm about to. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm about. I would just spew bias shit because I think like I'm in the boat where I think he's the best all around player in baseball outside of um, Otani, like from a defense perspective, from a bat to ball to a power to a speed to everything on the baseball field. He has intangibles that he just can't quantify. I think the world of Mookie and I'm just going to spew some bias bullshit. So, Arm, I want to hear what you think about Mookie. Um, I'm surprised he doesn't, he hasn't hit for more average the last two years, you know, given I, I'm going to start with the one nitpick because this is a guy that hits the ball hard and never whiffs. So that's the one thing that surprises me that aside, the fact that he is basically, you could pencil him in, I think, you know, and I think 2020 was a shortened season. The only year that was down for him was 2021 and he had like allergy issues and like other shit. I don't even know what was going on. You, other than that, you could basically pencil him in for a five to six win season every single year. And the one thing that's holding him back, I think for being the 10 win guy is that, that batting title type batting average, which we saw in, in 2018. I want to know if he's ever going to get back there. Cause if he does that, he literally is the most talented player in baseball. That said, the fact that this guy can hit 30 plus home runs, 35 last year, 
while striking out less than 20% Most underrated power hitter in baseball, Mookie Betts. Gotta be. He's got 213 career home runs. Like this guy, when he's done, could flirt with 400, you know, and maybe be above that. Like, and that's that not what he's insane. known for at all. That's not what he's known that's for. That's not who he is. It's like LeBron James with the points record. It's like that's not, he's not known as his score. Mookie Betts could be a 400 home run. I'd almost say it's like home runs. I'd almost say it's like LeBron with the assists. Like people don't realize LeBron's like fifth all time in assists. And it's like the the craziest part too, is that, that this guy like impacts the game in every single way humanly possible. Like, tell me what's wrong with you. Poke one hole in Mookie Betts' game. Please poke one. Like, I I don't think anybody out there can like legitimately cannot do it. Um, He's still in double digit bases in every season. He's he's hit 20 plus home runs basically in every single season. Like he, he, there's not any plays elite defense. And if you really need him to, we'll go play second fucking base. If you want him to like this guy is, is the gold standard. And if every team could have a Mookie bets, they wouldn't two seconds because there's legitimately not one thing he can't help your team with. I got nothing else. I mean, what I would say is like one of the best base runners in major league baseball. He's one of the better power hitters in major league baseball. For my money, he might be the best defensive right fielder in major league baseball. He has a great arm. He does everything, everything that you want. An arm could point yeah. to the batting average. And I agree with him. It's surprising, right? 269. You're like, what the hell Mookie? Like you're a 300 hitter. But like, would we surprised next year if he hits 300 yeah. with 35 home runs, steals 20 back. Not like he's amazing. If he, does that, he's, if, if he does that, he's an eight win player. He's probably the MVP. Exactly. And last thing I'll say, 50 career F4 before his 30th birthday. 50 career F4 before his 30th birthday. He's going to go down as one of the best players of our generation. Yes. Yeah. And I think uh, uh, an incredibly underrated player somehow. somehow. I agree. Like if, if Mike Trout never existed, Mookie Betts would be that guy. Mm-hmm. But like even then, you know, people are the, – the Dodger narrative – it felt like it was all about Freddie Freeman last year. You know what I mean? Like nobody really, I don't know. There, there's not much national discourse about Mookie Betts. I feel like because he's Only so when he clean. Got that contract. He got the contract, and then he's not going to hit the tape measure shots. He's not the like. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It is really a fascinating, you know, thing. But also, thirteen point seven percent K rate, ten percent walk rate for his career. There, he's legitimately the perfect baseball player. Exactly. He does everything well except. Grow hair. He's bald. Mm. Mm. Got to bring my guy down. Number one corner outfielder in the game. Uh, It's really hard to not put a guy with 11.4 F4 last year. Number one, Uh, 62 homers, 131 driven in a 207 WRC plus Aaron judge. Of course is the number one corner outfielder in the game. Judge last year was everybody's favorite player i think he was like aaron 2022 aaron judge was my favorite guy to watch maybe in my life it was insane if you take out all the steroid guys i think he had the greatest season ever i mean dude he hit 311 broke roger maris's american league home run record broke the clean home run record was 62 i mean in a year where pitching is dominating Right. In an environment where guys are finagling with like Clark Schmidt with a cutter against lefties, like the best pitching we've ever seen throughout an entire league. He hit so many more home runs than Kyle Schwarber. He almost hit for the batting title. He's almost a triple crown winner. And he was a great center fielder. You just don't see that. This guy 
was pitched around more than anybody not named Juan Soto last year. He had a 16% walk rate, and he still managed to hit 310 with 62 homers. 62 bombs are a... He also swiped 16 bags on 19 tries. So he's going 40-40 next year. And, like, he's going... (laughs) But, like, no, seriously, 16 bags. Like, to see the speed also be an impact, part of his game from center field, base paths. Like, this guy just did everything too like he was more than just the 60 home run guy he was like peter said great defender in center and center elite defender and right uh a value on the base paths a guy that will get on base and start a rally when he's not going yard when he's not getting pitched to uh a 10 more season like or 11.4 excuse me more season you don't see that like you just don't we talk about mookie's 10 and a half it's a full win better than that um i'm really excited to see how he follows this up um and it was you know we didn't have to really think about this one very hard in terms of you know whether Aaron Judge was the number one corner outfielder even though he he is playing center too but now we know he's playing corner next year I wonder what that means for his F war because now I mean he was good in center he's elite and right we'll see what he compiles out there now and and honestly it's it can only help him physically as he plays another full season so I'm, I'm glad he's out of center even though he was good out there so I don't think it's an argument that Aaron Judge is the king of New York. He he is the king of New York. Now, I ask you, and I ask Peter Apple, the New York sports fan, Aaron Judge is the first king of New York in the sports sphere since Jeter. Is it Jeter? Yep. Like, I know Melo captured the world <laughs> no, for a season. Nah, he averaged like, no, I mean, like, he yeah, won no, a I scoring know. title I, for the Knicks. I'm a Knicks so fan. Like, I'm Maybe. a Knicks fan and Syracuse guy. Like, yeah, he captured the city for sure. And you can and say like that New York is a basketball town. Days. If we're not yeah. setting a time span, like Lynn Sanity was crazy, but judge captured New York in a way that it hasn't been captured since Jeter. I think I agree. And that's why he was named the captain and the first captain since Derek Jeter. Um, and I think Jeter was the first captain since Munson or no, uh, there was a, uh, there was a guy, Willie Randolph, I think was the captain. Maybe in the 80s, I, I don't remember. But the way I compare Judge's season is to Pedro Martinez in 1999 and 2000. Yeah. So Pedro was pitching right in the middle of the steroid era where guys like Jason Giambi and freaking Brady Anderson were hitting 75 home runs a year. Brady but this Anderson. guy still put up a 2.07 ERA and had over 300 strikeouts and then did it again even better, you could argue, in 2000. Like that's what Judge did this type of season in an era where pitching is dominating, where people are talking about moving the mound back. Um, my my yeah, friend Dustin crazy. thinks we should limit it to like, you know, it takes four strikes to get a batter out and three balls. Like yeah. that kind of level of pitching. You can only throw fastballs with two strikes. <laughs> yeah, you only get two pitches, like <laughs> yeah. fastball slider. You take your pick. And Judge did this. And he was so much better than everybody. Like Paul Goldschmidt won the National League MVP with what, a 7.3 war? He was four wins better. Four wins better. He was like Paul Goldschmidt, and then you add Nico Horner to it. I mean, yeah. what a freak. Like, that's, that's historic. That is, if not the greatest season of all time, one of the greatest seasons of all time, even when you put in the Barry Bonds years, the McGuire years, the Sosa years. Like, and, that and is the level it, with no roids. Like, he's a clean it, guy. To do it in New York... I yeah. mean, that's the, the pressure. I mean, and it's ESPN, not the Mets, man. Contract the year. Contract year. ESPN's gotten to hit every at-bat. There's flashes on every at-bat. He's just built for it, man. Like, he is, he's is. he got everything that it takes to be 
the king of New York. And and that's why this guy's not going anywhere anytime soon. And I think he's going to follow it up with another really good year. It's going to be tough to match 60, but I, I think he's going to have another really special year. Arguably, he had a better offseason than he did a season. The way he played the media, he is a genius. Bro, the going wink, to Tampa Bay. The oh, wink in the San Francisco d- hotel was crazy. Oh, that might have been the hottest million. wink I've ever seen. He got four hundred million, I think, from the Padres for just showing up. It'd be like, what yeah. would you give me? And then came to the Yankees, and then Hal was like, "You want the ninth year?" He's like, "Yes, I'll do it immediately." <laughs> because if Hal lost Judge, this oh, forget it. Base, they're, they're not the Yankees anymore. If they exactly. don't keep Aaron Judge after that season, they're not the Steinbrenner Yankees. They're, I don't know. I agree. They, I tell you what, re-signing Judge kind of felt like they recaptured some of that Yankee magic. Yeah, would have been yeah, very. Then they're gonna re-give the magic back when they start IKF at short opening day. If they do, we riot. Yeah. It should be All Volpe right. Praza. And Volpe hit another home run spring training overreaction, back to thinking he's Jeter. Fair. Yes. Uh okay. Again, our three honorable mentions Randy Orozarena, Chris Bryant, Seas Suzuki, 15th, Taylor Ward, 14th, Lars Newtbar. Teoscar Hernandez was 13th, Ian Happ 12th, 11 Starling Marte, 10 Stephen Kwan, 9 Dalton Varsho, 8 George Springer, 7 Kyle Tucker, 6 Fernando Tatis Jr., 5 Ronald Acuna Jr., 4 Juan Soto, 3 Bryce Harper, 2 Mookie Betts, and Aaron Judge is the best corner outfielder in baseball for 2023. I'm going to the NFL Combine this weekend. Do you think I'm going to have fun? Yeah. Yes. Sounds electric. Yeah, I'm just going to watch guys in tights run 40-yard dashes. You know what also sounds electric? Checking out the rest of the podcast on the Just Baseball Network. How about checking out Who's Better Baseball with Ryan Finkelstein? What a podcast debate show. Check out the call-up MLB Prospects. Just Fantasy Show is cranking out new stuff. And a really cool announcement. I am starting a new podcast with left-handed pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels, Tucker Davidson. It's called The Arm Barn. As you're listening to this, we recorded the Friday episode, so we got to wait a couple of days for the podcast hosting service to get it online, but definitely keep an eye out for that. It's going to be a once a week. We're going to be interviewing major leaguers, talking to Tucker about his season. It's going to be an awesome, awesome show. And shameless plug, my texting service, if you want all my bets texted to you, that is in the link is in the episode description. It's still free until March 31st. Get my place texted to you. All the prize picks projections are still on there electric and with that thank you everybody have a nice weekend at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.